Good afternoon, Mr. Clay Well. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Ham? Dude, I am fantastic. If I was any better, there would be two of me. I'm just telling you. You know why? I, I don't know why. Because I'm sitting here with my buddy. We're oh. back behind the mic again. Yeah. <laughs> it is awesome. It is, yeah. It's uh we're gonna have to step this up a little bit. We're getting too far apart again. But... I'm telling you what, it it's the thing is is life is in the way. That's all there is to it. It's just there's so much that's been going on. And and we need to live. So Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anyone being sick or anything like that. We've just there's just been so much going on in both of our lives here re- recently that we're just we we haven't been able to sit down or or find us I guess a, a time frame where both of us could sit down. So right, yeah. yeah. So and uh, just to jump right into catching up real quick, um, last time we recorded, you had been talking about a trip that you were looking forward to, mm-hmm. which you've now taken. Yes. How, how did that go? It was fantastic. So. Florida, um, we left um, at the beginning of October and we stayed for for a week, um, did the whole fall break thing um, at Disney. We flew from uh, Lexington to um, it was Sanford International, Sanford, Orlando. It's the smaller airport north of Orlando. So it was literally like flying from Lexington to Lexington. They were both small airports. Oh, okay. So it was there was no crowds. Um, easy to navigate, no luggage issues, um, direct flight, and it was cheaper than like going to the the big airport. Right. Um, so ended up going, um, and we we spent the first couple of days just kind of relaxing, and then Monday um, during the, our trip we hit the Magic Kingdom, and <clears throat> for anyone out there that's done the whole Disney thing. The Magic Kingdom is like a triathlon. I mean, it is a run from the time you get going until the time you end. But the um, the amount of rides we were able to get on was phenomenal. So th- th- this is our, our okay, list. Wait, give okay. me just a second. I'm sorry. I'm total noob here, but okay. I'm thinking about doing a trip okay. one, one of these days. So when you say the magic, so I know Disney is huge and they've got like multiple. So when you say the magic kingdom, that what, is, what is, that's the, that is where the castle is. So that is, there, there's four parks right. in, inside. Okay. So Disney magic kingdom complex. is like uh, it's one, Cinderella's castle. Yes. The, and it has, okay. and the whole thing is like um, the magic kingdom is set up like a, a wheel. So the Cinder, Cinderella's castle is in the center. And branching off from the castle is each one of the areas. So, like, you go into Tomorrowland, or you go into Frontierland, or you go into, um, um, uh, what was that, like, Main Street and and Colonial Fair. And so you basically can branch off from the the castle to go to these other places. And they're also interconnected as well. But um, it's one of the four parks. You have Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and... Um, um, animal kingdom. So each one of them is its own standalone thing. Okay. So again, novice question. Okay. Where is the Harry Potter? That's universal. That's universal. Oh, that's Studios. a different. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's uni- not even Disney. That's not Disney. Yeah. Disney well, does not. Son own. of a gun. I thought that was Disney. <laughs> no, no. Disney does not own Harry Potter. Oh, well, no. I thought they owned everything. My bad. <laughs> I mean, they own Florida. So, I mean, I guess effectively they own Harry Potter since it's there. Okay. okay. But no. <laughs> But no, um, so we get to the Magic Kingdom, which is the oldest of the parks um, that's in Florida. Okay. Um, And we started riding rides. We got there at like 930, quarter till 10, something like that. 
um, straight into the park. And then, of course, you know, my my daughter, I'm like, well, what do you want to do first? And she was like, I don't know, because she can't remember anything that was in the park. And right. I was like, all right, well, here's what we've got. And the first thing that I that came out of my mouth was, do you want to go see Ariel, the Little Mermaid? And she was mm-hmm. like, yes. So that was our first stop. So we did Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid. Then we went to Dumbo Flying Elephants, that ride. Right. Then the Barnstormer, which is kind of like a, it's like a, a smaller um, roller coaster that's like, it's goofy based. So oh, it sounds like something that would be out of the Rocketeer. Yeah. Well, he's, it's like he, he is, um, he, it looks like an airplane, like you're okay. riding in airplanes. And um, the whole thing is like all of the crazy stunts that Goofy has done, like being shot from a cannon and, and all that kind of stuff. So. The Barnstormer. Then we did the Haunted Mansion, which is a classic. Pirates of the Caribbean, another classic. Splash Mountain, another classic. Um, And then we did Buzz Lightyear's uh, Space Ranger Spin, which is kind of a new one. We did the TTA People Mover, which is the um, Tomorrowland Transit Authority, TTA. Oh, okay. Um, So that's like their monorail, right? Well, no, no, because the monorail is its own thing as well. Oh, I thought that's just what they called the monorail. Nope. The people mover, the TTA people mover is actually just takes you around through the park and it takes you through some of the rides so you can kind of get a a, a bird's eye view of what each ride is. Like it takes you through Space Mountain and you can see like the roller coaster and stuff inside. So that's kind of a cool thing. Then we went to Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, Swiss Family Robinson's Treehouse, Peter Pan's Flight, Prince Charming's Regal Carousel, and then did fireworks that like because by that time it was nine o'clock. Um, fireworks over the castle and my little girl, God love her. She can't, she didn't say Tinkerbell. Like she has, she had no clue who Tinkerbell was until we did this whole Peter Pan's flight thing. Oh, okay. And now it's Twinkle Bell. And I, when I say Twinkle Bell, she is so country when she says <laughs> Twinkle Bell. Twi- she was like, where's Twinkle Bell? Where's Twinkle Bell? <laughs> so it was as cute as it could be. Oh, nice. So, but we did a heck of a run. For Magic Kingdom. That was Sounds one park like in one day. Wow. Um, we walked just under nine miles. And um, Good Lord. But, it, I mean, the, the, the weather was good. The humidity was low. The temperature was like low 80s. And um, it was sunny. It was, there was no like, I mean, there was no rain or anything like that. It was just a really, really, really good day at the park. So that was day one. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So the next day, um, we went to the water or to the water park, which was Blizzard Beach. It's one of it's the oldest of the water parks that are in Disney. Okay. Um, and why they haven't rethemed it to Frozen, I have no clue. They literally would just have to change a couple of the statues and stick Olaf here and there. I mean, that's all it would take. Hmm. Um, because the whole thing looks like. Um, a ski slope and a mountain that's melting like the snow melting. And that's what all of the water rides like kind of look like. Oh, they okay. have a, um, a big wave pool that looks like, you know, the water melting off of the, the you know, snow and stuff. So anyway, we did that. It was, it, it was only open from 11 till six and there were no crowds at all. Like you could get off of a slide, walk back to the top and get back on again. Oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, we got to just kind of hang out there and just chill out for the day, relax the next day. We got up and did Hollywood Studios, and we rode the Skyliner, which is their um, kind of like the gondolas. Like um, you've been to like Obergatlinburg. Have you ever been to? Uh, 
I know what you're talking yeah, about. Like, yeah, the ski lift type things. Yeah. Um, so we rode those from our hotel to Hollywood Studios. So didn't even have to get on a bus or anything like that to get there. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and that day, the humidity decided it wanted to crank up. The temperature cranked up. Oh, that's not cool. Not, not even close. So the first thing, of course, then was Slinky Dog Dash, which is a big roller coaster. And when we're talking like when I say big roller coaster, it's like my size roller coaster, adult size. And oh, okay. my little girl loved it. Like nice. four years old. And she was like Slinky Dog Dash is the greatest thing on the planet. So would that be from um, Toy Story? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> I mean, it looks like Slinky Dog, you know. Right. Um, and even like there are parts of it where I guess it triggers as you go past, like you're starting to go down a hill and he'll go, whoa, and he'll like, you know, <laughs> hang on, you know, and stuff right. like that. It was, it's really, really cool. Hmm. So did Slinky Dog Dash. And then we got to go stand in line for two hours for Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Mr. Claywell, yeah. buy a ticket just for that ride. I don't even like Star Wars. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter if it was Star Trek or if it was the Little Mer. I don't care what the theme is, of it is. So, okay, is, is that the, the most, one? Is in, that the one that that's like part of the hotel thing? No, no, okay. No, I have never been on anything that was as immersive as that ride. Wow! And when I say as immersive, like it. You know you're on a ride, but the layers of authenticity is unparalleled. I've never seen anything like it. Oh, wow. That's Dude, cool. I am not kidding when I say it was the most immersive ride that I have ever been on in my life. So it's like one of the, it's like one of those uh, 4D rides on steroids. Uh, yeah, but and it's interactive because you're like you're walking through places and you're interacting with things and all this. Wow. So and the whole ride takes almost 20 minutes to ride it. Oh, that's cool. So it's it's I mean, it's, ah, it's, cool. it's, it's a good ride. So we did that one. Then we did Muppet Vision 3D, which is just a 3D like theater thing. They blow up the whole theater around you. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. Star Tours, which was the old 3D ride. Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which was awesome. If you go. That's a, that was one I didn't even know was even there. And I was like, this is, you are like riding through a cartoon. Oh, it's nice. crazy. Um, alien swirling saucers. And then Penelope and I, because Ashley gets really bad motion sick whenever you're in those like 3d and 4d environments. Um, we did the millennium Falcon smoke, uh, smugglers run. So we got to fly the millennium Falcon and like, I was a pilot and Penelope was a pilot. And then like the people sitting behind us were gunners and this and that and the other. So it was pretty did, flipping awesome. Did you do it? in so however many parsecs? Uh, no, we, we <laughs> didn't. And uh, well, no, we did not. We, as a matter of fact, we crashed a time or two, but that's okay. Oh. <laughs> Penelope hit the whole up and down thing. Cause I was controlling, or no, no, I was controlling the up and down. She was controlling the left and right. So like she didn't know necessarily to, dodge things so like when we would come in contact with something the whole thing would jar and kind of spooked her a little bit but she was she when we, she got off of it she was like that scared me dad and i was like you did great kiddo you we're, we're back and we're in one piece and she was like okay and she was ready to go on it again so <laughs> nice but yeah we had such a good time then we did the water park the same water park again the next day it's just kind of a decompression because the tickets that we bought were two-day park tickets and then two-day 
um, either sports or water park. Oh, okay, nice. So, um, so yeah, we we ended up spending four days at Disney, like doing parks, a couple of days just kind of hanging out, and then Disney Springs is their big like shopping complex. It's like massively huge, and um, they have like I, I want to say it's probably the world's biggest Disney store there. Well, I would imagine, yeah. Um, and uh, that's where I got the Dole Whip. Oh, which, yeah. Again, 43 years old, how I've missed Dole Whips my whole life. I, I mean, I don't know, but it was phenomenal. Cool. I found out also that there's a place in Danville that makes them so I can get one close. Um, Disney itself, I, I don't know if you you know much about Disney. It's the size of San Francisco. Oh, like, yeah, it's huge. That, yeah. that, that complex is monstrous yeah. big. And there's as much underground as there is above ground. Yes, there is. Um, and the, 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 how quickly they can change things from like, you know, they, one night was the, the boo bash, which is used to be like the not so scary Halloween, but they're, they're not doing that because of COVID right now. Uh, but they close the park or they don't really close the park. They just kind of, everybody leaves at, at like eight thirty or nine. And within like 15 minutes, it goes from being, you know, just 50th anniversary Walt Disney right. to Halloween Walt Disney. It's like almost, it's almost like instantaneous. Wow. So it's it's crazy how 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 much of a well-oiled machine that thing is. Oh so, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So it was great. It was That's an awesome, awesome awesome trip, and really realistically, not really not not much more expensive than any other type of vacation. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I I, I want to check it out one day. It's it's well worth the the the, the time that and. I'm just going to tell you, just talk to people that have gone before. So that way you kind of know, because it is so big and so overwhelming that it's easy, easy to get lost in Disney. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, and I really haven't been up to much besides work. So I didn't really do anything entertainment wise other than just work. I had to yeah. take a, a out of town trip for a week. So since I don't really have any big interesting travel plans to talk about, <laughs> I, I just want to jump right into it. You know, last time we kind of teased, we we're going to be doing some conspiracy conspiracy theories, right? And uh, I just picked this one. Uh, I just found out that it's something that you're already familiar with, so <laughs> you can help me. I'm sure I'm going to miss some stuff when I talk about some things, but uh, <clears throat> I just want to start it by uh, reading everybody the clues. And see if they can figure it out. As I have gone alone in there and with my treasures bold, I can keep my secret where and hint of riches new and old. Begin it where warm waters halt and take it in the canyon down. Not far, but too far to walk. Put in below the home of Brown. From there, it's no place for the meek. The end is drawing ever nigh. There'll be no paddle up your creek, just heavy loads and water high. If you've been wise and found the blaze, look quickly down your quest to creek to cease. But tarry scant with marvel gaze, just take the chest and go in peace. So why is it that I must go? And leave my trove for all to seek. 
The answer, I already know. I've done it tired and now I'm weak. So hear me all and listen good. Your effort will be worth the cold. If you are brave and in the wood, I give you title to the gold. I love it. Oh, I love it. (laughs) And that, of course, is the poem that contains at least nine clues to the hidden treasure of one Mr. Forrest Finn. From the book? Uh, From his uh, autobiography, uh, The Thrill of the Chase. Yes, yes. Yeah, there are a few conspiracy theories that are kind of revolving around this, but I mean... I think it's one of the most fascinating things out there. I would I would share this with my class. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that caught me about this is, one, it's fun. It is. Uh, there's nothing really too political or serious about it mm-hmm. in any regard. Uh, and it reminded me of some of those, uh, like, rat race. Yes. Did you ever see that movie? Yes. Yeah. So, like, the rat race. Uh, there's been a couple other of those movies through the years where it's, like, a bunch of people hunting for a treasure. And- I think of the Goonies. Yeah, Goonies is another one. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, One Odd Willie or whatever. Yep. Yeah, Finn yep. would be the One Odd Willie character. Uh, but yeah, it's just uh, this was a real guy. Yeah, his his actual name is Forrest Finn, and allegedly <laughs> he took a treasure with gems and precious metals in a treasure chest worth a value of approximately two million dollars. Yep, and Buried it somewhere in or near the Rockies. <clears throat> and this was the one of the biggest clues that he gave as to the treasure's location. Right. Uh, in his book, it is also accompanied with a map, I believe. It is. Uh, yes. Wyoming, Colorado and northern New Mexico. Yeah. To just kind of narrow it down a little bit for you there. Kind of give you an idea of where to look. Yep. Effectively, you're looking at the western portion of the Rockies. That's kind of what it is. Okay. Yep. So I just thought it was really interesting. Um, I know the guy was real. He was. And uh, some things that I didn't know, um, I knew that one of the things that sparked him to do this was he was diagnosed with cancer. Yes. And it, he was told that it was most likely terminal. Yeah. And so that prompted him to do something extreme. Yeah. And this was how he dealt with that. Now, what I did not know, however, was it was 22 years after he received the diagnosis that he actually buried the treasure. So I yeah. thought I the way I had heard the story, I thought it was pretty much within a year or two after he got diagnosed. Yeah, that's that what he, I had initially heard as well. Uh, but yeah, no, he received his cancer diagnosis in 1988 and released. Well, I don't know when he buried it, but he released the book in 2010. Yep. So 22 years later. Yeah. Uh, and then I believe he passed away in 2019. 2020, September 7th, 2020. 2020, okay. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Um, I remember that, or I, I know that because the, I had one student in my class that was absolutely obsessed with this. Like, this was like the height of what this kid was like. 
if he didn't remember anything else from my class, he remembered the Finn treasure. Okay. And uh, <laughs> whenever I heard that uh, Forrest had passed away, I, I sent a text to his mom and was like uh, a message. And I was like, hey, did you hear that Forrest Finn passed away? This was something that, that he was he was very interested in. And I just thought I'd pass this little information on. And she wrote back a few minutes later. was like, yeah, we saw that on the news this morning. It was really, it really hit him hard. And I was like, yeah. So, but there was something else that hit him hard too. And that is, of course, that I'm not going to say anything else. This is just, this, I love this stuff. So Forrest Finn is awesome. This is, this is one of my guys. <laughs> right. So um, there's been a whole, a lot of stuff surrounding Forrest Finn in his life and not just uh, the treasure. Uh, so before this whole treasure hunt thing that he sparked, he had gotten into trouble with antiquities laws uh, with the FBI. Uh, for allegedly uh, stealing Native American artifacts. And and also not just stealing, quote unquote, stealing Native American artifacts, but um, some of the things that he had purchased and then resold were right. knockoffs. Yeah, were knockoffs. They were oh. not real. Um, okay. the, yeah, they, they, and like he sold them for large sums of money. So... Yeah, he got in trouble for that as well. Yeah. Well, it says, uh, you know, so some of the stuff included pieces of chain mail from the Pecos National Historical Park, human hair, a feather talisman, a bison skull, and some of those items were confiscated by the federal authorities, but no charges were filed. So, uh, you know, he, he, he... Sometimes in his life, he was kind of perceived as maybe not the most straight and narrow individual that you could know. Forrest was a little shady sometimes. <laughs> he could. Yeah, he, he was known to. He could be a little, you know, you didn't know if he was necessarily on the up and up. Something, too, I, I, I'd heard um, he used to be or he was he was fairly cantankerous. As an old dude, he like yeah. if you showed up at his place and specifically if you were asking him about the treasure, he would run you off sometimes at gunpoint. Well, I can't blame him. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was like, buy the book. Yeah, I would. It's want, all in there. I wouldn't want to encourage people. No, I mean, it's what he did, though. His thing, though, I don't know. His thing with encouraging people, though, was he was encouraging adventure. Yeah, yeah. Now I have read several articles and interviews with Forrest during the research for this where yes, he states that his intent with this whole caper mm-hmm. was to get people out in nature. Exactly. And get them to explore the Be natural beauty of, the of our world. world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that I mean that's 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 I mean, if you read through the like the clues, there are places on that map that they think that points directly to and gives you good jumping off points. Um, But to do that, you have to be out there in it. You have to be in nature and you have to be looking around you to see, to find these things. So yeah, I mean, I I, I completely understand. And that was his big thing too. That was one of his big things was being out and experiencing the world. So he just wanted to pass that passion along, and if he had to do it by sticking a box of gold somewhere out, somewhere out there, then so be it. Right. So my introduction to him was um, 
actually um, Josh Gates with Destination Truth. Yeah. Um, they did an entire episode on it. And that was the first time I'd really ever heard of him. And um, then I started kind of digging around in it and was like, you know what? This is fascinating. And because it has the map and because it has like the little poem and things like that, I was able to use it in my classroom specifically when we were doing like our um, lessons on uh, geography and maps and how they're used more so than just a, you know, open your phone, pull up Google maps and tell it where you want to go. And my kids and, you know, we would read it. We would read the, the, the passage and, you know, I would give them a little brief history about Forrest Finn. We would uh, take a look at what was supposed to be in the treasure box because there's there are pictures of what it is supposed to have looked like um, out there. And yeah, he uh, they, they of course, the kids were always I mean, we're talking third graders and fifth graders. They were fascinated with this. And the fact that, you know, someone just stuck a, a map out there in a book and was able to get people looking. Right. That, that was great. I mean, it, it was it was something that was real world, and it, it 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 brought lessons into you know reality for these kids. So I, it, it's it's a very good teaching tool. I, I can see anything to spark an interest, and that's one thing I think good teachers do. Not just trying to brag on my co-host, but <laughs> you know, if you can find something in the real world that sparks an interest in the subject, that's absolutely not, that's I not always, abstract. I always tried to to do that. I always tried to to bring reality into it because. There are so many odd concepts out there. If you can't, if you can't relate to it, I mean, it, it's hard to retain it. Right. Okay. This all sounds great, right? He buried the treasure. So what's the conspiracy? <laughs> right. Well, there are a lot of people who say that Finn never actually buried a treasure. Right. Well, I mean, he didn't really bury it. He just hid it. Well, okay. Well, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> he never actually hid the treasure. Right. That. This was all a ruse to sell copies of his book to make him money uh, because the the dealing in artifacts had gone south for him. The whole thing when the treasure was found is just the treasure was found. Yeah. So eventually. Yeah. yeah. So eventually somebody claimed that they found the treasure. Right. But the alleged person who found the treasure expressed to Forrest that he wished to remain anonymous. So Forrest told everybody, oh, some anonymous person found the treasure, guys, gals out there looking for it. Don't waste your time anymore. It's been found. Here's what he says about it. Okay, this is what Forrest said about it. This is on June 6, 2020. Finn posted on a searcher's blog, Thrill of the Chase, that the treasure had been found. He says, it was... Under a canopy of stars in the lush, forested vegetation of the Rocky Mountains and had not moved from the spot where I hid it more than 10 years ago. I do not know the person who found it, but the poem in my book led him to this precise spot. I congratulate the thousands of people who participated in the search and hope they will continue to be drawn by the promise of other discoveries. So the search is over. Look for more information and photos in the coming days. And from there... That's what was said by Finn. That's what he posted after the quote unquote treasure was found. Right. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, that's good. <laughs> so, that, but, but that's one of the big sticking points with the conspiracy theorists is 
you know, why would you not release the name of the person that found the treasure? Why would you not show photographic evidence that the treasure had been found? You know, we're just supposed to take your word that somebody found it. Yeah. And so a lot of people think that this is all a ploy by Forrest to get out of it because he knew his time was short. Okay. And, and I mean, if you look at it, I mean, he released that article you said in June or that statement and he passed in September of the same year. So, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a little coincidental that they've been buried for 10 years and then suddenly and found. Then three months before he dies, somebody found it. Yeah. That's kind of the conspiracy is that. Uh, so and then I, I don't know the exact timeline here. I had it, but I've lost it. So apologies. I'm a terrible researcher. Um, I don't know the exact time frame, but there was so much pushback against Forrest that the gentleman who found the treasure eventually came forward to say, no, 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 no. Yep. It was me. I found the treasure. And then he posted some pictures, but he posted pictures of himself with Forrest and the treasure. And the treasure. Okay. Yeah, so this leads here. to further conspiracies that Forrest poked around until he found somebody willing to falsely claim that they had found the treasure and meet him to take photos with the treasure that he never hid in the first place. This, the person that supposedly have found the treasure, his name is Jack Stuf, S T U E F medical Mm -hmm. student from Michigan. He says that he revealed that he found uh, Finn's treasure decided to disclose his identity by going public in an interview with outside but um, due to safety reasons, he had preferred to stay anonymous, but he thought that a lawsuit was going to reveal his identity because he was being sued um, by evidently someone else that knew that he had found it. And they thought that that was going to end up becoming public record. So um, he did say, though, that, that two small items that were supposedly in the chest was not in the chest. A small golden frog on a necklace and a Spanish emerald ring found at San Lazaro. Um, he said that, in, that Forrest it, it actually found these items in his personal collection um, and was able, or he found the frog, but he did not find the missing emerald ring. So um, something, too, that always kind of struck me about this was they said that Forrest didn't just drop the box off and leave it. I've heard... M- from various different places that he continuously would go back to that spot and remove things and put other things in, change things up. And he also said that, um, I had heard that, um, he said that when he put the, the, the items in the box, that the, the pricing, the, the, the re or the value of the, the items was somewhere around a million, but, as time went on, yeah, ten years later, with ten inflation, years later inflation, yeah, and he he was saying that when it hit five, he was going to get the box himself and bring it back. Um, it never made it to that point, five million. So, um, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, so you know, we've all seen. I think we've all seen the movie Rat Race mm-hmm. and some of the backstabbery that was going on amongst the contestants yeah. there, and so. There's a lot of that stuff amongst the people who were looking for Finn's treasure. Uh, the lawsuit, I think that you're referring to, 
was a Chicago-based lawyer had filed a suit uh, on June 8th against Finn and the anonymous finder. Uh, she claimed that she had spent years painstakingly going through the poem to figure out the clues and had scouted out the general location of the treasure, but someone hacked her cell phone and took the information off the phone. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that was her claim. Huh. Actually, the one I was talking about was a, uh, there was another lawsuit, um, a French treasure hunter named uh, Bruno Raffaz. He filed a $10 million lawsuit against Finn's estate. Um, And the finder was named in that lawsuit as well. So. Oh, okay. There's, I mean, there's a lot of, of conspiracy that goes around this. Like you say, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and this whole thing sounds like a, a laissez-faire kind of a deal, you know, a, a, an old guy. I mean, so he died when he was 90. He had this 10 years prior. So he would have been 80, an 80 year old man. Yeah. Traipsing around through the woods, carrying a, a box full of gold and gems. Oh, was it 22 pounds? I think is what it was supposed to have weighed. Uh, I don't remember. I, I mean, think but, I mean, you know, it's not, it's not insignificant amount of weight for an 80 year old man to hike into the woods alone. Uh, yeah, it says, uh, see, it was 10 by 10 by 5. So that's the dimensions of the box. It weighs 22 pounds. Um, yep. And, uh, but in, in searching for this treasure specifically, they know of five people who died. Right. Uh, there was a, a man, Randy Bilyeu. Uh He was discovered along the Rio Grande. Uh, there was no determined cause of death, uh, but he was searching for Finn's treasure. Uh, Jeff Murphy uh, was found in Yellowstone. He fell approximately 500 feet down a very steep cliff. Uh, yeah. There was a pastor, Paris Wallace, uh, told people that he was going searching for the treasure but he then he never showed up at a family meeting that he was supposed to attend, and his car was far, found parked near Taos Junction Bridge, uh, and he was his remains were later discovered five to seven miles away downstream of the Rio Grande. Uh, Eric Ashby was found in Colorado's Arkansas River. Uh, friends and family stated that he had moved to Colorado in 2016 specifically to hunt the treasure. And he was last seen uh, a month prior to the discovery of his body, uh, 10 to 15 miles upstream. So um, they they think his raft overturned. Uh, Michael Wayne Sexton was found on March 21st, 2020, uh, alongside an unnamed 65-year-old male companion who was later recovered in the hospital. Uh, Authorities were notified uh, by a person who rented two snowmobiles to the gentleman, and they were discovered five miles from a site where they were rescued a month earlier. People, I'm telling so, you what, people went crazy over this thing. So, there were yeah, like thousands and thousands and thousands of people that were looking for it. And like I say, the the my introduction to it was was Josh Gates. He do, he did, of course, he does that 
show that's it. right and um he hooked up with three or four different treasure hunters and they all had different ideas of where it was located and how they went about it. Like there was one that was a, a lady and her kids, like her daughters, and they would go out and search for it. They had um, like uh, metal detectors and things. Um, there was another lady um, that he went downstream with a raft with. And she was like, I know it's, it's got to be close here. It's got to be behind one of these rocks because there's the blaze and this is down from Brown and this is the, you know, there's the waterfall and all that. She was like, this is, this has to be the spot. Right. Um, and I mean, it, it was just one of those things. It's, it's, it's interesting to, to know that there were that many people interested in it and involved in the, in the chase. But I don't know. I, I would have loved to have found it myself if it was really out there. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, a couple million dollars worth of metal, precious, you know, gold and jewel and gems. Well, I'll why take not? It. <laughs> um, and and something that, like I said, that always intrigued me was the fact that he was supposed to have gone back and forth. Um, people would watch him to see where he was going. And I'd, I've I'd even heard stories that he would go to to specific spots, um, and then disappear for a while. You know. And they would be like, oh, he's gone to the trench. So that would be the spot where they'd take off. And he would be like nowhere close to where it was actually found. Um, just basically throwing people off the trail. So I don't know. He's just a strange guy. He was a strange dude. I don't know. The whole thing that just got me with it was the 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 intrigue around the discovery. Yeah. You know, if the guy had just come forward and said, hey, I found the treasure. And, and had the box. And, and had like the it. box and posted the pictures and everything. Okay, cool. It would have been done. But the way he, it was, and it was so close to Finn's death. Yeah. When it was just miraculously found after being hidden for 10 years. Yeah. I don't, it just, it's one of those things that stuck with me, like when I heard about it. And it was so, <laughs> it was so one eyed Willie from the Goonies. And you know, I'm just like, what? This is just crazy. Like, this just, it literally sounds like a bad movie. It does. It really like, does. Like, it just. <laughs> So, yeah, anyway, that was my big conspiracy theory is this whole deal around Forrest Finn. If you've never heard about it, it's kind of a cool story just to look up. And uh, it, apparently, if you're uh, teaching geography and map reading, um, it's it a can good, be a good tool for that. It's a good teaching tool, especially whenever before it was found, because then you can go, you know, kids, it's out there. So if if someone's going to go out and find it and they're going to use this map to do so. Along with these clues. And, of course, you know, of course, that, that piques someone's interest. So, yeah, it, I, I thought it was a really, really good teaching tool. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And um, I know I read a lot of stuff about the the, the home of Brown. Well, uh, something and, to that that limerick, that, that poem that he put out there. Mm -hmm. um, I've always heard that it's not in order. Like, you can't start at the top and go, okay, it's this clue, this clue, this clue, this clue, that it's out of order. So you have to know where to start and then from there know which one is next and then which one is next and which one is next. So, yeah, there's nine clues in there, um, but right. what are they're jumbled. So, you know, where, where's the jumping point? So, yeah, that was, I think... That was something else that was, I thought, intriguing about how he did that. So, I don't know. Interesting guy, though. Forced Finn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, once I found out about the the whole kind of 
cloak and dagger discovery and then finding out that he'd been in trouble with the law and he had been kind of doing shady stuff with other business deals. And he'd always had this kind of roguish. I think that's kind of the best word for him. Right. I don't think he was like a straight up criminal, but he was always kind of this, you know, shadowy kind of guy, shadowy roguish kind of guy that (laughs) was always flirting with the darkness, you know, and never actually (laughs) like going fully committed to like, like murder or something like that. But just, you know, he'd be the guy that maybe you could buy a bag of weed off of or something, (laughs) (laughs) you know, he was just always just a little on the outside of the law. (laughs) Uh, yep, he, yep, he, I can see that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. And like, like one of the biggest things to me though, once I found out about this whole deal, was I knew that the cancer diagnosis had sparked him to take the action. Yeah, I didn't realize that it was twenty-two years after the diagnosis. I didn't either. I thought it was closer. I thought it was ninety-eight that he was he was diagnosed, and he had he had. Um, but that still would be twelve years. Yeah, you're right. But I thought it was a lot closer to 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 the the diagnosis point, and because I, I it seemed like I had even heard at one point or read somewhere at one point that he had been diagnosed with the cancer, and they told him that it was terminal. Um, they had only given him a few months to live, so he decided to do this. And I could be completely wrong about that, but. I don't know if, if maybe he was diagnosed with cancer that first time and maybe it went into remission and it came back on him or something. I, d- I don't know. But um, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. And, it, and that is often the way with cancer. It is. Like it remission and recurrence and remission and recurrence. Exactly. And, and that's what I, I was thinking that that's what I had heard at one point that he had seen a doctor and they told him basically, you know, the end is near for you. And that's right. what, that's really what sparked him to move at that point. But I don't, I don't know. I can, I'm like, I, said, I can maybe completely wrong about that. So don't quote me on that one. Right. And just, if you, if you want to look it up for yourself, there is a website called finsolve.com and they list the step-by-step breakdown of the poem. And, you know, if you believe that the treasure was actually found and if you believe the guy is telling the truth about where he found it, this gives you the clues breakdown as to where to start, where all of the clues point to on the map. Yeah. Um, to, so that you can like look up all these places and, uh, yeah, do it all yourself. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. That one is a lot of fun. <laughs> and honestly, that's yeah, just kind of what I wanted to do. It was something fun yeah. because the last few have been, raising my blood pressure and that's not healthy for me. I'm already taking medicine for that. So (laughs) yeah, me too. (laughs) I just wanted to do a fun one. This is, you know, I didn't want to do like JFK magic bullet or moon landing or flat earthers or nothing like that. Just something nice and fun, a fun little conspiracy theory. Okay. So mine's not as fun. It's just weird. Like very weird. I like weird. Okay. What What you got? Okay. So, um, I had heard about these things a few years ago and I, it was one of those things that, that kind of like, I don't, it was, it was almost like something that just kind of ate at my brain. And I was like, okay, so first, why? And secondly, uh, what is it pointing to? And what I'm talking about here is a monument 
that was built in a little town or a little lo- the location is Elbert County, Georgia. So it's like six hours from us. We could like drive oh, okay. down there. I mean, it's not very so that's, far. Uh, it's a little bit further than Atlanta, right? Um, it's actually it's it's uh, east of Atlanta by about I think I think they said it takes you about an hour to hour and twenty minutes to get to there from Atlanta. Okay, it's off the beaten path. Like it's not in any. There, there's no like really g- good reason for them to pick this specific spot for this, but it's called the Georgia Guidestones. Now, okay, the Georgia Guidestones is a monument that was erected in 1980. Um, it is it, it, it's comprised of four 16 foot slabs of granite, um, that have writing on them. Okay. So they're arranged in a star type pattern or cross type pattern X. And they're aligned to the um, cardinal directions, north, south, east, west. Okay. Okay. There is a capstone that sits on top of the four, creating effectively a a, a ceiling over top of it. Okay. Um, And then there is another like smaller pillar stone that's in the center of it um on these stones that are is etched in eight different languages 10 um guidelines if you will <laughs> 10 and, commandments well that's just it they are the rules for rebuilding a society so effectively what would happen after, say, an apocalypse, something that wipes out most of the planet. Okay. This, these are the rules that for rebuilding humanity. Um, the first one is maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Okay. Okay. Well, we, we've already broken the hell out of that one. Uh, no, no. Th- like I said, this is for after <clears throat> the apocalypse. Well, I don't, I'm just so saying, just like, say, we've already. Yeah, let's just say that if we, if something comes into this planet that wipes out ninety eight percent of us, okay, we would be well under that five hundred million mark. Oh yeah, yeah. So, I'm just saying. So like, I'm just reading reading the rules right now. We've yeah. already broken that one. That's <laughs> okay, all. I'm that saying. one's that one's that one's yeah. broken. Okay. Number two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Now, see, that sounds a little bit like eugenics. It very much so sounds like eugenics. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> Number three, hmm. unite humanity with a living new language. One language. Okay. Okay. All right. Tower of Babel, anybody? Uh-huh. Right, yeah. Rule number four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Okay. okay. Be wary of right. things, right? right? Moderation. Moderation. Number five. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Just courts? Don't use law enforcement officers? Just courts. Just courts. <laughs> <laughs> Basketball courts? Does that count? Uh, that Tennis works. courts? I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> Number six. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. New world order, right? UN? United Nations is a good example of that. Yeah. Okay. Or what's what's the uh, the Hague? Is that the one? I don't know what For that one is. War criminals. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, okay. Um, number seven: 
Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Oh, well, America screwed on that one. <laughs> I don't know, man. Okay. I, well, let's let's finish okay, them let's out finish first, okay? And then we'll go back and we'll look at each one of them, right? Okay, so eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Number nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. And number 10, okay. be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Okay, okay. so these are the, the these are the this that's the ten things that are inscribed on here in eight different languages. Okay. Okay. We don't know who built it. How do you not know who built it? So nobody really knows except for one dude, and he's not talking. So he built it. No. So in this. Um, in 1979, this was commissioned by a, a guy. Let me find his name real quick. It it, it is okay. Well, while you're looking at the name, the eight languages, yeah, that they've used to write these instructions are English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian. Yes. Okay, so R.C. Christian is the first person that came in and commissioned this. Um, he's claimed to be um, working on behalf of a company or and a small or a small group of loyal Americans, quote unquote. Okay. Um, they we know for sure that R.C. Christian does not exist. This is not a real person. This is a name that was just used. Um, the only person that really knows who who did this was the people that took the commission, um, the the architect um, that actually was sat down with this guy, and um, took the order and said, "Okay, we can put this together." You know, the reason that I'm, I'm I've read that they chose this spot is because Elbert County, Georgia, is supposed to have some of the best or like the highest grade granite in all of the world. Okay. So they thought, well, it's also kind of out in the middle of nowhere, so no one will really mess with this thing once we get it erected. 16-foot tall structure, right? So this thing has been standing for uh, since 1980, um, and no one really knows anything about it. It's still a mystery to this very day. Um, as far as who built it, why they built it, what are these laws or these these um, guidelines pointing to? Are they talking about something after a a, a, a cataclysm, cataclysmic event? Are they saying do this now to get us back into a good position with you know with with Earth? Um, I mean, there are so many different things that are being said about it, but no one really knows much about it at all. But there are a few pretty good, or there there are a few um, theories out there specifically about um, these each one of these um, guidelines. And one of them that I I pulled up here was, I mean, I just I like I, I sat and rubbed my head while I was reading it, and okay. I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is, I can't believe someone would think like this, but they do, <laughs> and they put it out there for everyone to see. 
Um, I don't even know if I should give the name of the website, but I guess I should. Um, the red website is called Rapture Ready. Okay. So it's um, a revelations based, you know, biblical um, okay. website. And they, they basically kind of look at things like this and they have their own idea of what all of these believe or what all of these mean. So main, let's start with that first one that maintain humanity under 500,000 in perpetual balance with nature. Right. So to me, that means, you know, cap the number of people that are living. Right. That's absolutely that's what it says. That's yeah. what it says. No more than 500 million. Yeah. So um, it says this clearly states that the population on the earth should be maintained at 500 million people to be in quote, perpetual balance with nature. Says, can they give any uh, get any more into new age terminology than that? Um, says they checked the number of people in 2018 who inta- inhabited the Earth. It was 7.6 billion. Yeah, that's what I'm right. saying. We're a little over that. Yeah, yeah. People, uh, these are um, that means that 94 percent of all people needed to go away at that point if they were saying this is neat, something that needed to be done now. Done now. Right. So that's one thing, right? Um, they also said one must ponder as to how to reduce the number of people on the earth by 94%. Now, mind you, this, this was written. Let me get your date on here because this is important. Um, this was written on September 7th, 2018. Okay. So this is pre pandemic writing. Mm, okay. So I want to read this little section right here. Cause I thought this was one of those things that made me go, ha ha ha. One must ponder as to how to reduce the number of people on Earth by 94%. Bill Gates is doing his part by sending vaccines to third world countries, which sterilize young women. India got wise to this uh, madman and analyzed the vaccines after many of their young women fell ill while others died. India has a lawsuit against the Gates Foundation, but I seriously doubt whether this will ever be brought to trial. This is what this person's writing. That, so I thought, man, this is pre-pandemic. What is he going to say now? <laughs> right. <clears throat> okay. So that was the first one. Um, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Like you mm-hmm. said, this is, we can discern that this uh, commandment is related. They, they, they're they tying it to a, the abortion thing. So basically abort anything, that, anyone that is not of the highest of, you know, physically or mentally fit. Well, I mean, you could go full Gattaca and just modify the genome. Completely. In conception. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or, you know, just selective breeding. Yeah. So well, I mean, that's the, what they do. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's selective, eugenics. Yeah. Selective breeding. So that way we get a superior <laughs> race. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's that. We could have the master race if we, uh, well, I'm sorry. What? Uh, go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so you unite humanity in a living new language. And this one is exactly what you said. It says, remember when God divided the languages when Nimrod led the people in their attempt to build the Tower of Babel? (laughs) Evidently, they were speaking one language. But, you know, he put a stop to all that. Now humanity is seeking to be united under this new living language. I'm just going to say, I mean, the rules themselves, they're kind of out there, but... I mean, I don't know. I just don't know. I, well, you know, <clears throat> this is just a weird one. 
that's that's uh, that is strange. Um, I don't know about the limiting the population size, but I mean, I can see. I mean, you can definitely see where, you know, factory farming and those types of processes that are happening now, like in the rainforest in Brazil, right. for cattle, that yeah, just leveling the rainforest to yeah. have cattle grazing land and what it's doing to the environment. It's not good. No. And if I we mean, weren't having to feed 7.6 billion people, which is probably over 8 billion at this point, um, you know, there wouldn't <laughs> be so much demands on the resources <laughs> of the planet. I, I it, You know, it's, it's, uh, uh, What's his name? With the half of everybody's gone. With, oh, Thanos. Yeah, it's the Thanos thing, right? You yeah. know, just snap your fingers and it's done. Yeah, yeah. And that was his reasoning was to, to resources. Yeah, yeah. But that way we're, we we're no longer stressing anything. Right. I mean, you're right. Okay. <laughs> Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. See that sounds good to me. I'm I'm more of a logical person than an emotional too. person myself. But, uh, you know, like, and and I'm just gonna say this: it's it's one of the biggest things that I love about my wife is her heart, right, and her emotion. And I, as a younger man, emotion drove me insane. I couldn't understand it. It didn't make any sense to me. I didn't know why people had to be so extreme. Yeah. Uh, as I get older, I see that, you know, yes, for me personally, I need to be centered and calm and reason. Right. But I can understand how people now I can understand how people don't function that way. I can see that as well. And I can see its value. There's there's times when the reasoned course of action is not the best course of action. True. So I don't know if I necessarily agree with that rule at this point in my life. Uh, the, uh, and how do you enforce that? I mean, you can't. I, that is a that's an intrinsic thing. It's not an extrinsic thing. It's not something that could be enforced because that's an individual. Basically, that person right. making that choice right. to to you, do this. You just have to be like, are you being? Are you? Is that an emotional decision, or are you reason that one out? Yeah, and no, I totally reasoned to, it out. And who's to determine which which is which? Right? right? Yeah. Did you reason out the fact that you punched me in the face? Yes. Very good. <laughs> um, okay. So what his idea on this is um, to be a, an obedient globalist. One must put aside individual passions, temper their faith, and let traditions die. Um. Says that uh, basically that um, that these globalists are are dreaming of a kumbaya moment where everything is about the new world order, uh, not the individual. And of course, faith will be the one world religion. I mean that that will be you know they'll they'll basically get to choose whatever that is. Okay. So um, the next one: protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Remember the words fair and just will be defined. By this new government, right? Again, those aren't great legal words. No, That's, there, there, uh, there's there's too much interpretation, right? Involved that, with those. that falls into like the whole unreasonable. Yeah, yeah. Like, because what's unreasonable to you is not to me, right? And yeah. and like you know the the Fair law says the law says that you're uh, protected from unreasonable search and seizure. But what is unreasonable? 
well, who says what's unreasonable? Exactly. And, you know, and <laughs> who's watching the watchman. <clears throat> right. And like fair <laughs> and just. Well, can we say fair and balanced? Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's uh, who defines those words? <laughs> okay. So the next one let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in world court. Again, this person says ultimately this is a one world government. They'll have the final say for all nations, and no one will 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 basically have a say anymore. Well, I, I see. To me, this sounds more like a model of the American governmental system. Uh, you've got the states, which adjudicate their own matters internally. Yep. Unless it goes beyond their scope, in which then, case the federal courts decide. So, I mean, we already kind of have that in place in America. Sort of, yes. Like, but it's not uh, on a global scale. And that's right. what this is all I mean, about. It, but that's what I'm saying. It just sounds kind of like an upscaling of like the American judicial system yeah. on a global level. But, man, our, our judicial system sometimes is totally broken. Well, I mean, so yeah. Can uh, you it, imagine that on a global scale? Well, true. But, I mean, it's better <laughs> than some others. It's worse than some others, I'm You're sure. Right. But, uh, you know, I don't... The, what, you know, corporations or people and whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They've made some crazy decisions. Yeah. Okay. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> duh, that's just like, don't have corrupt politicians, but of course this guy, he, ta- he takes it to, uh, this, this stance with it. He says, I believe this is a commandment that is stating that anything that does not directly impact the NWO is petty and not worth their time. So, again, he's thinking that, you know, these petty laws and useless officials, you know, just because you are living by this rule does not necessarily mean that it it matters because the 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 new world order, the government that is now is has not deemed it legit or not so it's just it's worthless i don't know i don't agree with that i think that you know avoiding petty laws and useless officials we could we could use some of that because that's that cleans some things up i mean yeah we totally could and trim some fat you know but again like that saying like we shouldn't elect corrupt politicians who's every everybody says we shouldn't elect corrupt politicians but But that's all that goes there are corrupt i actually (laughs) i I used to agree with you but i have seen too much stuff lately uh from one notable person uh and i'm sure there are others but there's one that gets all the attention yeah yeah aoc but yeah. I got to say, when I see her on C-SPAN, when I see recaps of her speeches on the floor, when I see her at hearings and the questions she asks and the points she brings up, yeah, she doesn't seem like a corporate s- sponsor, uh, windbag, Con- yeah. like <clears throat> mouthpiece. I mean, <laughs> yeah. did you see the dress? Um, I did. Yes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like she, she just like... <sighs> I, I got to say, like, she seems like a legit person. Yeah. And uh, is asking the relevant questions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, wearing this big white dress that says tax the rich and big red letters on it. And <clears throat> and just some of the stuff she's done, like there was a military contractor that was charging $6,000 for like a little stamped metal part. Yeah. She was like, so you're telling me that you think this part should cost six grand and wound up by the end of the hearing 
that company lost all their government contracts. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's just like, why does it take somebody doing that? Like, why? Why did, why did it come to that point? Why? Yeah. Why did it come to that point? Why was the person not bidding the contracts going? No. Yeah. Like that's way overpriced. And they all say, and uh, anyway, okay. I can, Godstones. Look, look, no, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could, I mean, I, my personal belief on, on that is, is there, there's a root to that and it's greed. It's what it's all about. It's all about oh, money, 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 yeah, money, money. For money. sure. For sure. So, and it doesn't matter if it's a stamped part or if it's something that's intricate. It's, it's, it's all about how much can I milk this for? Well, okay. So, if we're going to talk about this, that's the problem is, and she brings it up in that same hearing, is that, you know, it's a lowest bidder thing, right? So right. whoever is the lowest bidder, anybody in the country that makes the lowest bid can get that contract, right? Okay. No. It's no. a specific set of there's only companies. a certain There's only certain bidders that are allowed to make bids yeah. on these contracts. So at that point, it's that pool is now dwindled to three or four right so i mean it's just and there's and just I stuff guarantee like you those I, I don't i don't want to speculate because i would i mean that would be wrong so yeah anyway yeah yeah so but yeah that's a good rule is to get corrupt and do away with do all away of with all that yes. kind of stuff yeah it's an excellent rule i don't know how you enforce that but <laughs> no i don't either it's it's a great rule. <laughs> okay, so the next one: balance personal rights with social duties. Okay, mm -hmm. people must understand that under the one world government, individuals must desire to be good globalist citizens and not demand personal rights. I don't think that that's the way that reads. I don't see that at all. It says balance. It does balance and I think personal rights with social duties. And I, I honestly, the way I read this is, if you have if you have a society and social rights and social duties or social duties, I should say, then being a good person, you should be able to balance those two, your personal rights and your social duties. It's like going out and voting. Yeah. I mean, I just can't, I can't say anything about this one because the stuff I want to say is going to make me mad again. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. Am I going to raise your blood pressure? <laughs> no, it's just balancing personal rights and social duties is, I think, a real problem in this country. And it goes like to stuff we're experiencing right now, like trying to get people to wear masks. Yeah. Doesn't hurt anybody. No. Doesn't hurt you. Wear a mask. It's it's, it's the polite, it's, socially responsible thing to do. But. The converse of that is, you know, the personal rights of nobody's going to tell me, you know, it's yeah. and there's no balance there. No. So that's what it's. I don't see anything wrong with balance. Yeah, I don't either. I th I, I agree. I, I'm with you on that one completely. Yeah, I'm trying to talk about it without getting myself mad. OK, but I just I don't see anything wrong with balance. <laughs> like, Are we going to be driving to the, the Godstones here in a few hours? <laughs> Well, so while you've been reading, I, I apologize. No, it good. looks like I'm ignoring you, but you're it's not. just caught my attention. I've never heard of this before. <laughs> and I pulled up an interesting article and there's a lot of like detail stuff on here that's just blowing my mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we're not. We've been <clears throat> got to that yet. All of like the astronomical stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just like, whoa, that's Yeah, insane. it does some crazy stuff too. Yeah. But th th I've also, uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, go ahead. Okay. So uh, prize, truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. 
Um, this guy says new age, new age, new age harmony with the infinite, um, says that in this one, this is like directly in opposition to his faith, because if you're seeking harmony with the infinite, infinite, you are ignoring, um, religious doctrine. I don't see that at all. I don't either. This guy said he's a Christian, right? Yep. What happens when you die? Exactly. When your physical body dies, what happens? Yep. I mean, you're going on to a better place, right? Heaven. For how long? Ever. Which is? Infinite. So, so, so and, and you're supposed to live in what kind of state when you're in heaven? Yep. And in a loving, in beauty. Harmonious environment? Harmony. Yep. So, I mean. <laughs> how is that contradictory? Yeah. I mean, I don't, like I said, this guy's kind of crazy. So, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Um, I don't see a problem with that. That's great. Right. To me, that says think about long term. It does. And I think that's another real problem with our society. And the, is everything the, is short term. The prizing truth, beauty, and love. I mean, <clears throat> and I mean, look around you and and see this beautiful place that we have. This is great. Right. It's it's a wonderful place. You know. I, I, you know, prize that. You know, it's 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 just it's appreciate where you're at and what's going on. I don't see a problem with that. Not at all. All right. So the last one: be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. <laughs> Says uh, this certainly puts people in their place. Instead of being made in the image of God, we are clutter. Even a quote unquote cancer upon this earth. So that's what he's saying. Um, I don't know. This guy's crazy, obviously. Um, but I don't know about crazy. He he's he's got his ideas. I mean, yeah, he's in the whole new world order Illuminati, yeah, kind of camp there. Yeah, I don't agree with him on on that stuff. But there, I mean, there's stuff in there that I don't agree with. Right. I don't agree with the eugenics and the population control and uh, forcing everybody to speak one language. Like yeah. I, I don't see the necessity in that. Um, and something, too, is if this were a guide for after some cataclysmic event, who's to say those things wouldn't work? If we were all wiped out to a point to where you could actually apply these. Right. But I mean, they're they're contradictory, though. Okay, so how do you guide reproduction across the entire planet while letting each nation rule themselves internally? I, well, I mean, you're right. I mean, like, how do you, uh, you know, well, how do, but how no, do you, wait, wait, wait? You got to <clears throat> continue on though, letting them rule themselves internally, resolving external disputes in the world court. So there, there is an overall an arching, right? But there's where's the dispute to be resolved? Um, if you are not following one of these, there's one of those. There, that's a dispute, right? So if you are not guiding reproduction wisely, if you are just letting people breed like crazy. Then you are not maintaining humanity under 500 million and you're not guiding reproductive uh, reproduction wisely, which would probably fall under that disputes in the world court because you're not following these other things. It's almost like they're kind of building on one another. 
I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't agree with those. I, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about a little bit about the details of this thing now, right? So we've right. talked about kind of the one of one idea of, of an interpretation of this. Um there is another tablet that is off to the side of the whole thing, and it, it's the ex, explanatory tablet, is what they call it. Um it's a few feet to the west of the monument. Um it identifies the structure and the languages used on it. Um it also tells about the astronomical features of the stones, the date that it was installed, um, and, quote, the sponsors of the project. It refers to a time capsule buried underneath the tablet, but blank spaces in the stone intended for filling in the dates on which the capsule was buried is to be opened and is to be opened have not been inscribed. So the time capsule is probably not there. Okay. Um, complete text of the explanatory tablet is... is it says, the Georgia Guidestones, center cluster erected March 22nd, 1980. Immediately below this is the outline of a square in, uh, with this written in. Let this be Guidestones to an age of reason. Um, there, it, there's, this is written in four languages. There's, there are four languages on it. It's Babylonian. Babel, yeah, Babylonian. Classical Greek, Sanskrit, and Ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs. All right. Well, let's use a bunch of dead languages to write this stuff out. Two dead languages and two that are still um, still somewhat used. Um, on the left side of the tablet, in a column, is astronomical features. There's a channel through the stone that indicates the celestial poles. There's a horizontal slot that indicates annual travel of the sun. Um, the sunbeam through the capstone marks noontime throughout the year. And then okay, it, hold on. Something about that though. The this is some of the stuff that blew my mind. On with, the, the sun, with the date? Yeah. Yeah. At noon that's the sunbeam points to the current date. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? That's insane. Yeah. Um, says the author, R. C. Christian, which is a pseudonym. Um Sponsors a small group of Americans who seek the age of reason. Um, and then it says it has some information about the time capsule placed six placed six feet below this spot on to be opened on. And then there's blanks. So, yeah, what you were talking about, though. So there is a groove that is cut that mm -hmm. the sun travels during its um, throughout the year. So basically you get um from the summer or the spring, you know, the summer, the winter solstice to the summer solstice. So it marks those two. So you're on your longest day and your shortest day. It has that. And the sun travels that mark. And then there's the hole in the top. It's like um, seven eighths inches or something like that. Yeah. That's drilled through. And it points to the date, like the current date at noontime. So at noon on that day, it points directly to what that day is, yeah. which is wild, right? Yeah, that's that. That's that, pretty crazy. It's pretty. It's pretty like, yeah. I mean, that's that's precision. So, yeah. all of this though, from they they're calling this thing. I've heard it. Or they they've I've read that it's being referred to as Stonehenge of America. Yeah, I've heard that. So um, maybe the, this is the Druids that disappeared. The problem is they they say though that. Like, even with all of this astronomical stuff that it does, 
This is like an abacus versus a computer compared to Stonehenge because Stonehenge is supposed to be able to like track stars and the moon's path and the sun's path and um, celestial bodies and well, Stonehenge is much larger. It too. is much larger, but it's and like this does do stars or at least a star. Yeah, you can use the Georgia Guidestones to locate Polaris, the North yeah. Star. I mean, it's uh, it's That's cool. insane. Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> you can so yeah. Like I was just reading it, and I've I've lost it here. So um, uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> Uh, what did it say? It's, but anyway, somewhere in here it says you can find Polaris. Yeah. Uh, and I, an eye level hole drilled in the center support stone allows stargazers on the south side to locate Polaris, the North Star. Isn't that wild? <clears throat> That's crazy. <laughs> I think that this is one of those things that I would like to go see. <clears throat> now, I wouldn't drive down there just for this. But if I was in the vicinity, you better bet your butt I'm going to be going down there to check this thing out. If nothing else, I'm going to drive up and be like, okay, I've seen it. So, Because it's wild. Um, it's been, there's a lot of things that have happened to it as well over the years. It's been vandalized, spray painted. Um, it's been cleaned up now, but I mean, they, they spray painted like various religious things on it, you know, basically saying that this was a Satanist temple or this was some, you know, you know, stuff like that. Of course. Um, there was a chunk that was cut out of it. One of the upper corners of one of the pillars was removed, like a six pound piece of it. The fellow that cut it out eventually was arrested trying to replace it. He was putting it back and they Why? arrested him. He wanted to just have a piece of it. He thought it, he's like, I, you know, I was intrigued with it. I thought it was really a, one of the awesome things in the world. So I cut a piece of it out and I now I don't want this thing because he said the weight of it. He didn't want to carry that weight anymore. So I guess hiding it from people. I don't know. Yeah. I guess. But anyway, he's guilty conscious. Yeah. So um, that they and it's been replaced now. And what was replaced, what it was re replaced with was a, a piece that fit back in there. But there's now numbers that are on it and people are trying to figure out what those numbers are. I'm telling you, this thing is just it's there's layers of mystery about this thing. And I just found it very, very, very intriguing. Um just reading over, like I read probably 20 different articles from various news groups and, you know, theory, um, conspiracy theory sites and stuff. And they're all just so out there. It, well, I mean, I, I mean, I can see why this would run over religious people. Yeah. Yeah. You got the, the one language, the one government, like the that's all in the Bible is big no nos. That's the Antichrist type yeah. stuff right there. That, uh, Yeah, that's. I mean, and, and I see like, you know, the, the astronomical like, stuff that makes people mad. That always makes people mad. The, the big why. thing that the, the one that that the, the con biggest conspiracy theory that I kept seeing, though, was that the people that are interpreting this are reading it as instructions for a new age, of course, after some sort of a big apocalypse. And they're like, they're like, OK, so why was it placed here now? Does someone know something that we don't? Um, even to the point that they thought that um, possibly the either like the Masons or 
one of the other big groups of of secretive, you know, fraternities might have placed it. They even th- thought that at one point that the person that was behind it was Ted Turner because he has actually gone out and said some of the things that is on these stones and kind of pushed those ideas in the past. So, I, I mean, I don't know. There's just there's a lot of just weird things that go around it. So, yeah, but I don't see how it could be Ted Turner because people saw the guy. No, no, no. They, they don't. They don't think that he personally went out and, and commissioned. Oh, it, he's paying that for it. He's paying. He's this is, this, okay, is, okay. this was funded by him. I he gotcha. is. Okay. He is the group of Americans, loyal Americans or whatever, you know. OK. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the big supporters of it is Yoko Ono, believe it or not. You know, so I, I, it's just it's it's just a very, very, very strange, odd thing. And I thought, man, if nothing else, I'm just going to bring this to the attention of our listeners just so they can go out there and kind of read through this, because I'd love to read through all of these. But there's so many. <laughs> That's just crazy. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's uh Wow. That's insane. <laughs> Unfortunately, the article I'm looking at has had all the photos removed. So. Yeah. It says like photo courtesy of, but there's no pictures. There's no photos. Uh, that's uh so what do you think it is? Do you think it's just a, a crazy, uh, well, let's say an eccentric one eccentric individual. No, I don't think it's one, one individual. Um, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about, you know, a group of people that has that share these ideas funding this and uh, putting it out there. I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't come forward and claim it necessarily. And I don't necessarily know who that group of people would be, but I, I'm, I don't think it's just one guy. See, for me, does it feel like one dude to you? Well, OK, here's the, all right. Two people can keep a secret. If one of them's dead. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the saying. Okay. I didn't make that up. That's like a, that's like a, a, a saying, a colloquialism or something or whatever. But that's, I think if this was a group of individuals, something would have been leaked. Somebody would have slipped somewhere. It's possible. So I think this is probably one person with a lot of money funding it. Is it Ted Turner? Uh, probably not. Uh, I mean, he could is be, out there. Could it be Yoko Ono? I don't think she has the money. Uh, yeah, she, I mean, she's a she's world renowned artist. Musical. She was married to a world renowned artist. Well, I don't but know I mean, that. she's still. There are people out there that love her and think. I mean, they buy her paintings. I, and they, literally, the only thing I know about her is there's a, uh, bare naked lady song. Yeah. Uh, where the guy goes like, would you, would you be my Yoko Ono? And that's all I know about her. Yeah, she's, she's a little out there. Uh-huh. I mean, she's a photographer and a painter and she writes uh, poetry and she does the the music thing. And she broke so, up the Beatles. And she broke up the Beatles. And I mean, there's all these things that she's done, but, and, and there are really, there are people out there that absolutely love her and, and think well, I'm sure there are. So, I, I don't know anything about her. I don't, I don't know. know. She, I don't think she would be necessarily, I don't know. She could be the one. You never I don't know. Think, I, think I, still, this is, I think there's a group. I, I still, I think that there's a group of people. I don't think it could be a group. You don't I don't think so? Th- I don't. I really don't. I, legitimately, I think if it was more than like two people, Something somebody's going to talk. 
But it's I possible, just, I, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I just, it's, <laughs> stuff gets out. People can't keep their mouth shut. They want to, people love talking, people love bragging. So, I mean, eventually somebody would be like, oh, yeah, we put, had the thing put a big joke. <laughs> you know, I just don't see. <laughs> I mean, it's not a joke. Like, it's some serious thought. Has gone into this, yes. At, at least astrologically. Yes. Has had to go into, like, the construction of this thing with the measurements, the dimensions, the alignment. Yeah. Like, that takes a lot of forethought and planning. You don't just luck into no <laughs> all this different stuff lining up. At, at, at once and so uh, the rules uh, <laughs> I don't know about the the astrological stuff on it intrigues me more than what's actually <laughs> written more than the rules written on it yeah like I don't I would be more intrigued by it if it was just slabs of granite with holes in it a la like uh the uh, the Scottish one, what uh, uh, Stonehenge? Stonehenge. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I was like hens something. Uh, so, okay, but. so C- CNN did an article about it okay. as well. Okay, and they did. This is one of the the first articles that I read about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this was this was what kind of made me think that it's a group. So it says here is uh, I'm not a conspiracy lunatic. This is quoted from um, oh, what is. Uh, his name is uh, they're giving his last name Smith okay <laughs> Van First Smith name. Van Smith Van Smith is who this guy is um, says I'm not a conspiracy lunatic who spends all my time researching Freemasonry and things like that um, this evidence is extremely real and it's disturbing and he says I know the men who put this up and they were all good men um, my father was one of those men if this had been anything satanic or demonic, they never would have had anything to do with it. Right. But so I a think, group of I think, men, I he think, says this is a work of art. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think he's referring to the actual stone workers that mined and constructed and physically erected the structure. I don't think he's talking about the people that paid that for actually it. paid for it. Yeah. Uh, that it's possible too. Because the 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 guy that owned the quarry, uh Elberton Yeah, the Elberton the uh, El- granite. Oh no, that's this town. Whatever. The guy that the guy that owned the quarry talked about it being the biggest construction project that they'd ever tried to undertake. Right. Because uh, you said these things are like sixteen feet high and the and the twenty the, tons each. Yeah, the largest the he says in, in this article that I'm reading that the largest construction that they'd ever taken before that was two by three feet yeah so this was like a way outside what they and that they had to call in like a lot of you know this was a big big job for this quarry yeah to mine this rock and and to find the artisans it says they had to go to the university of georgia and get a astrologer to come out so that they could make sure that they were lining up the stones right with the holes to get all the astrological stuff right so yeah. I mean this, you know, I think the guy talking about the the good people is more referring maybe to, I don't to know. manual workers. Yeah, to the people that actually constructed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this Christian guy, uh, hashtag not my Christian. Um RC Christian. Yeah. Would, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that's a fifty fifty shades of gray thing. Oh. Yeah. They yeah. originally the guy playing Christian was supposed to be Charlie Hoonan, 
the from, oh, from Sons of Sons Anarchy. Of, yeah. yeah. He was supposed to be Christian, oh. but then he got contracted for something else. So they had to get the other guy. So they, there was this big thing. It was like, hashtag not my Christian. Oh, I didn't know. I've... Charlie Hoonan was supposed to play Christian Grey. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, side note. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the, the if you read through this stuff, it's all, it's so, it's another one that's like all cloak and dagger and just begging for conspiracy stuff. It is, I mean, isn't it? <laughs> He sent letters from different places, never the same place twice. Yeah, all the postmarks were from different states. Yeah. He uh never had direct contact with them. If he ever called them, it was from a payphone. Like it's just like it's all this crazy stuff that's just like begging conspiracy theory stuff. I think he was a rep from a wealthy individual who one of this is, okay so here's my problem with with you know just a wealthy individual is if that were the case why that spot like why there and why is that not if i well, were you if, said because it's, they had the best they granite. had but you could, i mean if you're a wealthy individual that best granite can be moved anywhere in the nation uh, true so what what makes that spot in elberton georgia that little hilltop so special I mean, there's so many. Like I said, there are too many. There every time that I, I I read something or look through it, I have more questions, but no answers. <laughs> there are no yeah. answers here. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but guys, I'm just going to tell you out there: look this thing up because it's crazy. The Georgia Guidestones. They are. It, it's it. J- if nothing else, a picture of them. Just just look at them. It's. It's really something that's spectacular. They're they're wild looking. Um, I, I've not I've, I don't know. I've never seen anything quite like them. <laughs> yeah, I. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I've never heard of that. Well, I'm I glad have, I brought something to you that you'd never heard of. So before. I've never heard of the. I don't think I ever heard the Georgia Guidestones, but I have heard somebody talking about those rules, like the 500 million population the, was it like on a web or a, um it was on a podcast, a podcast somewhere, somewhere yeah. yeah uh but i didn't know that they were talking about the georgia guidestones and i don't think they ever mentioned it i think they were just talking about these crazy rules for it may have even been joe rogan hell i don't remember because yeah. he talks about some of that stuff sometimes right um or he used to anyway i don't know what he's doing since he sold out to spotify by the way spotify if you want to offer me 10 million dollars yeah, you can hey, have you this podcast what? absolutely it's all yours, guys. <laughs> we'll be exclusive. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, 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 the only thing I could think is you wouldn't want to do it on the West Coast anywhere. Because of the earthquakes. Because of earthquakes. You wouldn't want to go like Texas or anywhere because of tornadoes. I mean, Tornado is not going to mess with that thing. I, 20 it, tons it w- a piece. I, it wouldn't it wouldn't blow the rocks over, but it could blow a tree over onto them. Or yeah, but I mean, you 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 clear out a spot and you have pristine spot. Not if there was an apocalypse. That's the thing. That th- see, that's another thing. I guess there are no real fault lines close to this. There's right. nothing around it. I guess that that like say that could fall over on it and damage it. If the ground shook violently, even. I don't know how it's anchored, but I mean, they were talking about lining up holes. So obviously there's some sort of like a rebar system or a steel system that's up in it to keep it right. upright. 
I mean, this, it's like I said, there are just too many questions that I. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm just yeah, you know, I was just shooting from the hip. I don't know, but I'm just assuming. I don't know yeah, geographic stability. Whether maybe it's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but it's wild looking. I mean, the whole thing is from bottom to top, the, like the, the pillars themselves or the tablets themselves are 16 feet. The thing is 19 foot three inches from the ground to the very top of the capstone. Um, the six granite slabs, twenty or 237,746 pounds in all. Um, yeah. That's a quarter of a million pounds. That is a quarter of a million pounds. Wow. It's crazy. It is 90 miles east of Atlanta, 45 miles from Athens, Georgia, and nine miles north of the center of the city of Elberton. I don't know, man. That's crazy. Yeah. So I'm glad I brought something that you'd never heard of before because I, I don't yeah. I don't get to do that very often. You've heard of a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So anyway, yeah, um is. conspiracy theories. There are plenty that surround this, and there. Oh, you can even see in that picture there the corner that's cut out. See it in there, on the inside. Oh yeah, sure enough. Yep. So, um, um, there are plenty that surround the the guidestones. Um, quite a few that 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 surround Forest Fan. Um, and there are a lot of others that are out there. And I like I I didn't mean to get your blood pressure up, but there's there's some crazy rules and stuff on there. Yeah, you didn't get my blood pressure. um, but I mean, I I enjoy these kind of things because, like I said, I really love the questioning of why and what you know. When when one answer leads to ten other questions, I like that. I think that's that's fun. It can be, yeah. It also can infuriate me. <laughs> um, yeah, but that that is a good one, man. I've never heard of this place before, and it's not that far away. Yeah, it really isn't. I don't know that that would be anything for the family to do. It's kind of boring but i've um there it's close to a, a, a national forest or a national park um so there a lot of of what i read was people will not go specifically for that but they'll be right. going on the way to the park and it's like four miles off the be- beaten path there so they're like oh yeah we'll just run over here and check this out real quick and then head on so right okay yeah fair enough yeah that's pretty cool yeah so um yeah it was nice sitting down with you again, though. It is, yeah, for sure. And yeah. like you say, we've got to do this a lot sooner than we have this another big gap that we just had. Because I mean, yeah. But again, life happens, and if it does happen again, then so be it. Yeah, we got to grow our audience, man. They want regular content. Well, then let's give them regular content. Well, we're, we're trying. <laughs> I'm this trying. is the first step, right? Yeah. Step one, recorded <laughs> podcast. That's what we're That's doing. That's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Also, uh, totally off topic while we're winding things down, uh, just revamped our hosting site. Uh, if you want to check it out, it's twominds.podbean.com. Uh, all the content's still there. It just looks a little different now. Ooh, pretty. Um Got like links it. to the most popular podcast players. And then, of course, uh, title and synopsis of all the episodes we have up. Yep. And like I said, at the top of the page, there's links to all your popular Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon. Um, very nice. Very, very nice. Yeah. And I just a slightly more clean, sleek uh, yeah, look to the page. I like it. That That's a good layout. Um, 
and our big logo up there on top. That's very nice. I like it. I like it. Uh, And then also, of course, you can look us up on Facebook if you ever wish to interact with us. Even the comments page on here is tied to Facebook. So it's it's all Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash two minds podcast yep. i think wow it's been too long our host site two minds.podbean.com um we have mirror sites spotify you need to search jason claywell or jeremy ham with quotations around our names and you will find us on those you can send us an email two minds podcast at gmail.com or if anybody still out there uses Twitter, I don't, I, I, I haven't used Twitter and I don't know how long my phone every now and then beeps and says, I have a tweet, but, um, at two minds podcast, if I see something from that one, I promise you, I'm going to look and I'll probably respond. Um, so yeah, there are multiple ways to get a hold of us. If you know us personally, shoot us a text message, <laughs> come and knock on the door and say, hi. <laughs> yeah, we'd love <laughs> We love interacting, so by all means, drop us a line. Let us know what's going on. Absolutely, everybody. Absolutely. So, dude, um, yeah, Disney was great. Um, I'm I'm just going to tell you, like I say, though, talk to people that have gone, so that way you're not like just walking around the park like.